Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today, we are talking about taking action. Oh, sorry, that was my cue to jump in there. <laughs> Normally, you just. Normally, some I always do it. I don't know when to butt in or when to not. And you guys know that we've been filming via Zoom. So it's such a different experience, isn't it, Danny? It sure is. But um, I'll take the reins back. Well, no, that's totally fine. Um, today, we want to shed light before we get into our podcast on the day that it is today being Are You OK Day? Mm. And the theme of um, Are You OK? Or the secondary question that they're getting people to ask is, make sure you ask more than, are you okay? And I thought mm. that was really good because, you know, we go, oh, how are you going, Danny? And you go, oh, good, thanks. You know, yeah. and it's really important to explore that because especially during this time, most of the time people aren't okay. So mm. it's really important to firstly ask if they are, um, but then just be like, oh, okay, you know, well, how's this going? How's work? And just explore yep. things a bit further. And I guess just listen as well. Listening is the biggest thing. And, and as humans, we all want to feel connected and heard. So even mm. if you don't ask the words, are you okay? Which is a very sort of close ended question. Just say, what are you doing today? Or mm. just try and talk about things that people look forward to and, and all of that. So most importantly, hold space for the people that you care about and check in. Even if all seems good and well on social media, um, there are still battles going on, not only today, every day, but today uh, as a community, there's been special light shed on the words, are you okay? So it's important to check in. Yeah. And I think during this time, it's been, you know, it's pretty scary to look at some of the statistics of mental health during COVID. Uh, in a time that we are so connected, I guess, through technology, it really does reinforce and highlight how fundamentally important human connection is for everyone, um, as well mm. as being feeling heard. And um, yeah, like I think Zoom, Zoom has been fantastic for everyone at the moment to, I guess, get that sense of still being present, still being connected. Mm. But yeah, it is a tough time. And, you know, if you are struggling, make sure you also reach out as well. You know, you're not in this alone. Absolutely. Um, I was thinking about it before and you know how we're high achievers, Shirella. We like to strive for the best. <laughs> Try to. I think we put a little bit too much energy into that because somehow we ended up with a world title of having the strictest lockdown in the whole entire world. Like that's a world title that I didn't oh. sign that event, man. Far out. You know, if there's one place you don't <laughs> want to be right now, it's probably Melbourne. Oh, and- <laughs> You know, we hit the jackpot and I was just saying, like, it's really surreal to see police and army and all this sort of stuff still, you know, out and about. And it's, you know, it, there's only so, so long you can say, oh, it is what it is. No, forget no. it. You know, we do, we all need And I read on, um, you know, a friend's post the other day. Uh, yesterday, actually, she posted that because I think New South Wales border and like the Queensland border have opened up to each other at the moment. So they oh, can- have they? Yeah. Um, and she obviously went away to um, Queensland and she put up a post on her Instagram and was like, oh, I feel so guilty for, you know, sharing this and being away. And I commented on that. I was like, don't. Like, none yeah. of us here. Like, it sucks. But we're clapping for everyone else that's out of this shit situation. It's just, um, oh, yeah. we're still in it. But, you know, 
don't stop your life just because ours looks like it's restricted. Yeah, that's really cool. And that ties into sort of the theme of what we've said in many episodes. We should never dull our light to try and, you know, help others. Um, And I love seeing uh, videos of people out at cafes. I close my eyes and pretend it's me. So (laughs) coming. I just want to get like a soundtrack of like a barista and just like play it and just... (laughs) And just meditate or something to me <laughs> sipping a, a long black um, out in public. Um, I can't believe you're moving house and you can't even inspect the property. Like, No. We all know that the photos are at least 80% oh. better than the real thing. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, we're moving and obviously like Luke and I are both working from home at the moment and it's been so tough, especially, mm. you know, Luke's teaching classrooms and, you know, and, you know, we're in a one-bedroom apartment and I show it openly on my Instagram, me trying to train in the lounge room and Luke's on yeah. working and it's so tough. So we've got consideration to move, but given yeah. lockdown and everything, you can't inspect um, any properties and a lot of them don't even have like accurate photos or floor plans. No way. So, you know, it's nearly impossible and, you know, I laugh when I'm nervous, but my God, I'm nervous to move into something I haven't seen before. Yeah, no, well, all part of the challenge. And one day we'll be tell, one day we'll be telling our grandkids these crazy stories. Um, but until then, here we are. So, what I've noticed one positive, and it's half a coping mechanism mixed with extreme passion. I've been taking so much action regarding work. Mm. That's that's one amazing thing that I'm just clinging on to because I'm like it's all happening um, in that area. So it does tie and and you as well. You've been able to grow your online coaching business, leaving midwifery. So we've really just tried to make the most out of this. Um, and it does come with extreme action. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So yeah. how would you define action? So action is the act or the process of doing something to achieve an outcome. So, mm. you know, the, the, there's a few words in that um, that I really want to highlight, highlight, such as process and outcome. So yep. it's a process that you go through. It's not like a final destination. It's not a, a one sort of task that you need to do. It's a process. And the end result is hopefully a desired outcome that you're trying to work towards. Absolutely. And it sounds easier, like it's easier said than done. Mm. And sometimes we might think we're taking action, but we're not getting an outcome. So are we actually taking action or the right Mm. action? Mm. Because it's very easy to not do anything. Yeah. And I think as well, everyone will be thinking of a certain situation. You know, maybe we take actions in other areas of our lives, but there's mm. something there's something that you're not taking action on, whether it is in a relationship, a business, career, work, family, financially, whatever it is. You know, there's a, there's a saying, and I do like it, the way you do one thing is the way you do another. And I do like it, but to some extent it's not. You know, like mm. I'm pretty fierce with my, you know, fitness goals. I definitely don't do the same at home with the washing. Do you know what I mean? So the way you do one thing is not necessarily other, especially when it comes to taking action. Yeah, and and you're definitely not lying there because, I mean, you clean the bathroom up for the first time and you have to take a break to moisturise your poor, sore hands. Meanwhile, Luke's Luke's barely got any skin left on his hands (laughs) to clean the bathroom. (laughs) I know. You know, most people would probably think I'm a clean person. I'm not. I mean, I'm hygienic, but I'm messy. Oh, dear. Um, And that 
what we're talking about just then reminds me of being at uni where we used to have like an assignment due and people's procrastinations. Like I remember I would clean my room next level when I knew that there was an assignment, like, cause you get the feel good hormones and the productivity, but you're dancing around the actual thing that you need to do. Mm. So it's very easy to do that. Danny, why do you think I've been scrubbing the toilet? (laughs) What am I putting off? It's damn well applying for houses. That's what it is. <laughs> oh dear so we can all relate but it's, it's good to sort of catch yourself out um and I remember when I sort of first got into or finished uni finished um my cafe work and really wanted to make something out of myself in the fitness industry so I would read lots of books like so mm. many books podcasts audio books course after course after course I spent thousands mm. And then I'm like, hang on, nothing's actually really changing. I feel like I'm taking action. Yes, I learned a little bit, but I was not applying the things that I learned. I was sort of just jumping ship to the next thing. And Mm. until I realized that I was doing that, that's when it all started coming together. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's really important, um, you know, when when we do move into some of the reasons for inaction, I guess, the, the perfect time or not having the skill set or whatever that might be, whatever story you're telling yourself. Sometimes you just do need to pull yourself up and it may feel like we need to get all these other things to do what we want to or to wait for a certain task or time to come around or a certain situation. But it's really important to actually critically assess whether that's the case and be like, do I need to wait or is there things or actions that I can start doing now to, you know, fast line that process? Mm, Really good. So let's get into some of the reasons for inaction. Why do people procrastinate and put things off? Mm. So a good one to start off with is um, paralysis by analysis. So what's that mean? It sounds, uh, it sounds really cool, but what's it actually mean? Yeah. So we can spend so long analyzing and trying to put all the pieces together and, and trying to have the perfect plan and all of that. However, that can actually stop us or paralyze us from taking any sort of action. Mm. So yeah, analyzing the data, looking at it, spending too much time on it can paralyze you. Mm. And I think um, Gary V always harps on about that. God, we always plug him, don't we? But he's he's one of the ones he always screams at, like, um, you know, analyzing or overanalyzing everything mm. you know, like just post just post just post and I guess that's pretty much you know striving for um, perfectionism or, or being a perfectionist which yeah. I would say that um, you know we probably both have traits of that like wanting things to be a certain way it doesn't mean that we have to be like super objective about things but just being particular and sometimes you've got to be flexible about yeah. um, the way you want to execute things otherwise you'd never launch anything you'd never do anything you'd never try because you'd be so scared of failing yeah exactly i mean we had so many revisions on the doc on the book that we released but then it kind of got to the point where we're like, we need to stop showing it to people or stop reading over it because we're going to change something every single time. Yes. And what does perfect even mean? What it's you might thing. think's perfect, it would be different to me, mm. so on and so forth. So mm. we need to stop nitpicking. I mean, as you said, we do have a certain standard and a certain way that we want to portray mm. the things that we do, but then you have to just go for it at the same time. Otherwise, it will never happen and you'll just feel sick over it. Yeah. 
And something I always say is too many chefs in the kitchen. You know, when you've got too many people with input, it clouds your judgment and you don't come to any decision. And opinions are great, but, you know, just off a few people that one have context and yeah. two that understand you and understand, you know, your situation. Because sometimes you ask for opinions and advice off other people and they just don't understand. And mm. sometimes their feedback can do more damage than good. Mm, yeah, that's why over the years I've definitely learned um, to still ask for feedback and help, but who to ask. Mm. I only ask people who are modeling the behavior that I want to learn. Mm. They are doing the thing really well that I want to learn how to do. That's who I ask. Yeah, because, yeah. Um, and I think it's funny, like, it's not just about, um, like, yeah, like what you said, like, who to ask, but who not to ask as well. Um, And as well, like always take feedback with a grain of salt, like from a lot of people, like sometimes people will give their unwarranted opinion on a lot of things and you're just Mm. like, "Uh mm -hmm, that's good. I'm still going to go ahead. You know, so, (laughs) and that's okay because opinions are good, but take it with a grain of salt. Um, And the the next one is decision fatigue. So obviously, you know, like what we just said with too many, um, over analyzing when you've got too many decisions that can also give you a bit of fatigue in actually moving forward so for example we all know like when we've gone to go out and you've got like six dresses on the bed and you're like what one am I gonna wear you've got all this choice but you go to a friend's house you pack one bag and you take one dress that's the question it's so true true. 100% (laughs) that is so true and then that's that can also go back to paralysis by analysis the more times you look at yourself in the mirror you're not getting out that door even when the maxi cab used to arrive you'd still have that one friend who's in the bathroom crying That, that, and they know who they are. <laughs> they just can't find the damn outfit, even though they look incredible. Oh, no matter how many times it looks good, it looks good, it looks good. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing as like when you go to like a Thai restaurant. It's like five million things on the menu. It's like yeah. butter naan, chicken naan, curry naan. Like it's like how many <laughs> naan breads can you have? Like why can't, where's the classic naan? Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and whereas you go to like a nice posh menu and they've got like a set menu, there's no choice. It's like, cool, I'm having banquet A. Whereas yeah. like everything else, you know, and I guess it's the same thing as choice overload. So that will hinder your ability to make good decisions in the long run anyways. Yeah, you know what I used to do when I um, first got my pee plates? You'd go and to the shopping centre or go to park your car. There'd be two spots next to each other. And I was thinking about, I'll go on the left one, I'll go on the right one. And I'd end up just driving in the middle of both of them. There were just so many decisions. Oh, you're one well, of them. Well, there were two. Used to be, used to be. <laughs> Bloody pee plates. Bit plate. salty. You've had an experience, clearly. Oh. <laughs> no, I still remember I used to have a boyfriend and he had um this like really nice ute and he used to do that because he was like, Oh, it's a bubble wrap of protection. Oh, he did it on purpose. Mine was by accident. There's a reason why he's an ex. <laughs> yes, burn. burn. Anyways, um the other thing I was gonna say with um, you know, choice overload is it's the same thing as when you're tracking your calories. You know, if you've got so much choice, it can be really overwhelming and that's what tends to make people fall off the wagon when it comes yeah. to sticking to a diet. This is why meal plans are successful. 
I know for breakfast I'm eating this amount of oats or this amount of protein powder. Not yep. sustainable. Like it's really important to learn how to navigate choice, right? Mm. Let some things in, block others out, take things with a grain of salt, make your own decisions based off what you've got. Yeah. But, you know, some the most successful people when it comes to dieting and, and achieving their goals with um, fitness and fat loss, for example, they have similar characteristics. Like they might have one of two breakfasts. You know, mm. they'll have staples throughout their life or they'll have routine or regular meal times. Yeah. And this is why, um, you know, people that, for example, work shift work, they struggle so much because they do, they've got constantly got choice overload. I'm working mm. AM and PM, I got this, I got that. You know, there's lots of decisions that they have to take into account. Yeah, for sure. And I have mentioned in one of the previous episodes, um, the founders of Facebook and Apple were, used to wear the same thing every day to just take one decision out of their mind because mm. they had real things to, to worry about type thing. Um, mm. So if you can, yeah, limit the amount of decisions that you make in a day just by making things a bit more routine and, um, yeah, streamline it as you used earlier, mm -hmm. then you have more brain power to make different decisions. Mm. Yeah, it makes you think like when you go into shops and stuff like that, you know, I'm the same and it, when I go shopping, I come home with nothing. I'm that sort of person. Or if I go into a bookshop, I come out with no books. And I'm definitely that person that has decision fatigue. It just drains your energy and I feel so much, <laughs> now nah, I put it all back. You ever do that? Like you go in, you're oh, like, yeah. I, I just put it all back. It's easier to not pick. It's just easier to walk away. <laughs> I've been doing that with my online shopping um, <laughs> oh, because, yeah, like it, there's only so much we can do here in Melbourne. And, yeah, I've, I've, my new routine has been put everything in the cart and then buy none. So it must yeah. be a thing. I don't know what it is. You yeah. know what I did? I wanted, I wanted this like face wash and then on the beauty face place that I normally shop at, they, they were out of stock of this one, but I wanted this face wash and this moisturizer, but I couldn't, they weren't both on the same website that I used. So then I went um, on to another one and I was like, oh, but they've got it there. Anyways. And then I was like, oh, this is too much. I got it. <laughs> so yeah. instead of being like, add the one face wash to cart and come back for the moisturizer at a later time, I was like, nah, not having any. Yeah. Dump soap. <laughs> See, so we're using like such small real life examples, but then they can also be translated into bigger life scenarios. So we all do it. We can laugh about it now, but yeah, we really need to catch ourselves out on um, this inaction. Mm. So, um, so yeah, it can all be, be overwhelming. But then another point that we came up with also was not being able to let go of certain things or because it comes to a point where you can't wear all the hats and particularly in business, it's so much easier to have a team together. Mm. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, we can be quite protective of our business and it can be hard to know when to let someone in to take the reins. However, it's something that has to happen. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like learning to let go, take your hands off, delegate, mm. employ, you know, collaborate, whatever it might be. It's like this. Our podcast would be rubbish if it was probably just one of us. I know. <laughs> Imagine if I wasn't here. No, listen. no I'm kidding. Exactly. <laughs> it would just be a show full of weird analogies. Um, <laughs> I love your analogies. Aww. But, you know, it's important to understand that you can only go so far on your own as well. And yeah. that's not even like, not even just business relationship wise, like everything. It's really important to be like outsource what you need to, or like, you know, 
ask for help from family and friends when you need it for certain areas because you're not being a burden. You're actually just saving yourself time and probably going to get a better outcome anyways. Yeah, yeah. And for the people who like to say or label themselves and say, I'm a perfectionist, that's not a thing Mm. at all. That just means you don't want to take action. So let's really shed light on the labels we're giving ourselves. Mm. And the excuses that we're making because being a perfectionist is actually just an excuse to not take action. Yeah, it's very true. It's very true. And I'm going to be Mm. really mindful of that and being like, when are you, or even thinking, when are you trying to make a situation perfect? You know, when are you trying and why aren't you taking action? Like what's your excuse Mm. for, or what are you holding back from? What's the real fear? Is it fear like worrying about what people are thinking? Because Mm. like Danny said, nothing is ever going to be perfect. And it's, Mm. it's, it's the same as I hate when people say like hit their macros or they do put perfect targets on things because it's not reality and it's not something that you should actually strive to be because you know, progress over perfection always in everything because, again, mm. action is a process. If it was a target or a destination, then that would be different because yeah. we would be reaching for that. But when it comes to anything, like you're never going to be happy or 100% happy with your business or your fitness journey or even mm. your relationships, like they need work too. Everything mm. needs work. Yeah. And there'll always be more to do. So you might reach that quote unquote perfect milestone, but then, all right, next, 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 next. Um, Yeah. Towards the artificial um, horizon or whatever that saying is, like trying to catch the horizon, you're never going to get there. So when you think that you might hit perfect, it's it's not going to be that. And it's really interesting to look back and say, oh, my worst day now you know, was probably my best day a few years ago. So that's just going to evolve as you do. Yeah. So let's talk about taking action. Mm. Yeah. How do we go from a state of dancing around, procrastinating, making excuses, calling myself a perfectionist? How do we get from that to actually doing the thing? What have you sort of learned, Sherelle, over the years? Well, when you said that, one of the first things that popped up was just saying it out loud. I'm a big fan of just saying it. Like, just say, I haven't been doing something or I'm wanting to do something. I'll tell Luke. I'll be like, you know, I've been meaning to do this, but I've just been putting it off. Mm. And then I think there's a lot of power in actually just being, making it known. Yeah. You know, getting on your story and saying, I'm doing this. I'm going to do this. It's like, I guess it's a form of accountability to someone else as well. Um, You're not just manifesting this little idea or thought in your mind. You're actually opening it up to the world. Yeah. And a lot of people do use their social media for that. Like that was the start of our fitness account. We're doing a show. Here's our post. Like we're doing this thing. Yeah. That was definitely my accountability. Yeah. It's so true. And I think people like, you know, poo poo on accountability and stuff like that, but you do need it regardless Mm. if it's a coach or to yourself or to your followers or to your partner, you still need a form of accountability to someone so that you show up. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also okay if you change your goals. That's what I've learned because again, people can fall into that state of inaction if they're scared of being accountable. Well, Mm. cool. Strive for it anyway. But then if your life path changes, great. That's what life is. Yeah. Change for sure. 
move with momentum and be okay with that. Be okay with saying it, even if people don't agree or they wanted you to do the old thing, who cares? It's your life and yeah. you, know, you do whatever the hell you want. Um, but something that I've definitely learned personally is motivation follows action. So regardless if that's in the fitness industry and in business, in knowledge or relationships, I think people have that expectation that, you know, we're always motivated to get up and go to the gym or we're always motivated to work on that business project or mm. motivated to do that course. Mm. could not be further from the truth because the reality is, you know, as humans, we're reinforced um, to do the things that we're good at and we don't yeah. get good at things unless there's repetition. So whether yeah. that's from training or skills or, um, you know, working on your relationships, repetition is everything. For sure. And there are definitely ways that can get you more motivated for the short term. I know um, we both have made vision boards before and, Many years ago, I made my first one and it was really cool because most of the stuff on it at the time has actually come true, which is amazing because I found one of my old ones from a couple of years ago. I'm like, holy crap, like, mm. is this happening? It's kind of scary, but it's cool. Um, but then there's that famous Jim Carrey speech where he says, all right, you, you can't just visualize and then go eat a sandwich. You have to visualize and then take action, do the yep. thing. Because I, I used to get so stuck in the visualization and because it made me feel good and it was like, whoa, yeah, this is what I'm going to do with my life. And then I do my, the courses, read the books and not apply anything. So it's good to have a mixture of the two. Have your vision, both short term and long term. Um, don't make it too specific, which was one of my mistakes as well, because then it doesn't leave room for things to be drawn to you, but still have that vision. And then wake up every day and just do things. You just mm. have to, whether you feel like it or not. Each day, whether it feels like you've made progress or you haven't, it's still a step closer to your vision. Mm. And you, if you just put so much focus and time and energy into it, you will get what you want. Mm. Visualization is so powerful. And it's something I used to be like, how can that like it's weird. You're not just going to magically make something happen, but you know, your brain is really just this, you know, cortex of thoughts, visions, beliefs, and everything. So when you are generally visualizing something so much and like ingraining it into your brain, that this is the way something is, you will unintentionally take those actions or those steps or that process to processes to start achieving whatever that vision is or moving towards it you know mobilizing towards it yeah. um, so it is really powerful to start believing in the person that you know you're trying to be you're obviously not going to sit here and like you said say you know i'm going to lose all this weight and then go out and you know binge eat you've still got to do the actual practices yeah but it allows you to be more um open to those practices and start ingraining them into like the type of person that you are yeah, and I'm very a big believer on quantum physics and we are all somewhat connected on this earth and, and it's very evident when we feel each other's emotions and, um, and it's like when you're thinking of someone then all of a sudden they text you. Like that oh, always happens. To right? us, it happens to us all yeah. the time. I'm always thinking about you, my love. No, you're right. Um, things like that. So you have to, if you put that brain power out there mm. without going too far into it, you know, it, you'll be surprised what you attract to you. You mm. might get a phone call or an email or or just something that aligns with what you're achieving. And mm. yeah, it's very powerful stuff. Because I used to feel like a hamster on a hamster wheel, trying to make it all happen myself. 
and then you, you surrender and throw my hands up in the air. And then I would get a phone call with an amazing opportunity that I would have never planned myself. Mm. Like, you just have to have a bit of faith as well at the same time. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think we spoke about this, but you know, being able to let go of other stuff that's blocking you from being receptive to those sorts of opportunities and ideas is really important. And that's why, you know, if you're so focused on a specific goal, like you're almost paralyzed by perfection, you know, yep. you're paralyzed by trying to work towards this goal that you're going to block out all these other things. And I used to be really big on setting smart goals. I am even with clients, I used to be really big on setting smart goals and I've completely moved away from that because I don't believe that you need a specific smart goal to achieve something. Um, mm. And especially the type of people that we are, you know, that sort of goal can paralyze the progress or make you feel like you're not making any despite of, of actually making progress because um, mm. like, again, it is how we experience the things. So, you know, maybe you hit your, your numbers, but you're still unsatisfied in, you know, making progress, even though you have, does that make sense? A hundred percent it does. And it's very interesting that you say that because I've stopped making goals like that as, as well. Um, what I've sort of changed from, let's just talk from a business point of view, because this year has been a, a real turning point for business. I've gone from feeling very lost, always having like three jobs at a time to now one job and one vision. And it's just, that's why the momentum's been coming. Not only have I asked for help for people around me, um, but then I've also been held accountable by someone who's mentoring me in terms of having my numbers down every week. I need to know what I'm earning, how many clients I haven't set a goal, but just the, the act of knowing that there's a check-in sort of coming kind of like our, our check-ins for physique stuff, knowing that there's a check-in there, you, you pay special attention to that part of your life. You don't just let it fall to the wayside. So it might not be a specific paralyzing goal, but to have that extreme awareness on your actions, mm. has, it's been a game changer. Mm. And, you know, we've spoken about this before with, um, you know, a friend of ours about understanding the type of person and everything that you are. And, and when you're not a certain type of person or don't have a certain type of characteristics, it's okay to outsource that. And I can relate yep. to that because, you know, in this test that we did and, you know, I'm very much fire and very mm. much, you know, energy and my partner um, is very much water and wood mm. sort of, you know, way more excel spreadsheet than what i am in one yeah. word you know yeah. when it comes to starting business and doing a lot of those things it is so out of my context to even do a lot of that stuff but when you outsource what you're not good at and be vulnerable to that and be like okay you can't do it all on your own and yeah start, and stick to what you are good at like pushing that fire pushing that energy putting your mm. energy into what you can excel at mm. getting a team like what you said around you to help you, that's when you really start making progress. Like what you said, having someone else to be like, okay, Danny, what's going on this week? Mm. Financially, where we are, what are we mm. doing? How can we improve? You know, mm. you've outsourced that because that's what you need. We all need a kick in the bum from some other direction because yep. we can't do it all. We can't mm. just be this magic person. I'm sure there's some out there, but you know, even Gary V's of the world, like he doesn't make his own content. Yeah, he's got someone who wrote his book for him. He just talks at a thousand miles an hour. He just um, shows up and does his yeah. thing and that's why he's successful. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's really empowering to recognize that having a team is the answer as well, whether it be in your social life, whether it be in your business, 
doing something together is so much more beneficial than doing it on your own. Mm, Whether you're competing as well. Like what I've really learned with this whole lockdown is I've been living life for the human connection and interactions in everything that it is. Oh, we all do. Yeah. Whether it was getting on stage. Yes, I love the process and I, I loved building that confidence of being able to do things. And it has carried over now into my ability to do stuff like this and, and all of that. But it was the connections of people getting around you like, yep. yeah. I was um, your hug. I know, like virtual hugs and kisses. Um, it's really interesting that you say that. I was like recently on the Mind Muscle Project on their podcast mm. and they, you know, very much CrossFit style. So they don't understand a lot about the physique sport. But I was talking to them about competing and trying to um, give some insight into why we do it. And, you know, they were talking about IFBB and all that sort of stuff and what makes, you know, you want to compete. And that's what I ended up coming down to. I was like, you know, we compete with the WBFF because we can stand alongside each other and build mm. a community and, you know, we compete with each other, not against each other. And it's just mm. so different to traditional competing. Like I yeah. don't even look at it like that because, you know, we're so, we're all friends, you know, mm. we've got this insane community of built in this federation and even outside of the federation now do you know what i mean yeah. like as you move away from competing um it's okay like these relationships don't go anywhere right because mm. you're just attracted to those sorts of type of people whereas that's why we're not attracted to sort of other federations per se because we're not really bodybuilders and that's okay um Oh, you've just said a lot in that. There you go. Oh, yeah, sorry. Are we recording? Are we still? That's just my general thought is that, you know, we don't compete for the trophy. Like we don't. And that's what bodybuilding is. It's, it's a sport that you compete for the, for the, for the gold. Yeah. Of course everyone wants to win, but that's really not why we're there. And females don't compete like men, right? We, we think differently. We have different processes and we do it for the, the mental gains as well as the physical ones. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, and for those who are going back to making vision boards and all of that, because I know a lot of people get around that now, which is amazing, but sometimes you might be cutting out your favorite car or your house or something, and it might feel really like in the future and <laughs> impossible almost. However, just remember, there are many small steps that you can take in between to build that confidence. We didn't lift up a dumbbell and then visualize ourselves being WBFF pros. No. no um, Why are you laughing? What are you going to say? I want to tell you a funny story. Bring it on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh God, it's so hilarious. So at the start of the year, I was like to Luke, you know, we had like date weekends where like one of us would plan like a date and would go away and, and you know, the other person wasn't allowed to know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I said to Luke, it was January. And I'd, I'd booked this thing for us to go and do. And I said, oh, I've got this, um, you know, this goal setting planning workshop that we're going to go do. And he was like, he's right into that. He's like, oh, okay. Yep. You know, yeah. go to this goal setting workshop. He had no idea. And I would booked um, a vision board um, workshop at Kiki. You know, oh. Anyways, it was, it was so good. But I knew that if I told him it was through Kiki, which is like, you know, this beautiful German journaling workshop place, he would have been like, yeah. this, is, this is for chicks. 
like because it was. Oh. So we went out to <laughs> so we went out to Chad. I think it was Chadston where they had yeah. it in the Kiki shop, and it was all set up, all beautiful. This table, you know, like oh, no. all the nice cards and the vision boards, and there was this lovely lady. Her name was Jan, and she was like the center and there was like these 10 other women and we had champagne glasses orange juice and it was beautiful and luke was the only guy (laughs) oh no and it was like you know we had names on our things it was like you know sherelle stacy luke you know name cards oh god but we sat down made the vision board and we went through because at the start he was like sherelle what the what am I doing here? Yeah. And I was like, no, this would be great. Maybe of course your date better. nights would be f- what you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go to the movies and shit with him. Come on. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, Jan was amazing at these Kiki Bless workshops. I, I really recommend them. Like, I think they do them around Christmas. Dude, but- Kiki's shut down because of lockdown. Oh, sorry no to burst. Way. <laughs> yeah. Far out. Well, scrap that. Anyway, sorry, Jan. <laughs> hope you're okay. Um, hope you're doing well. <laughs> She's moved on to typo. She's all right. Yeah, well, she's good. She's good. Um, but anyway, she took us through the process of how to make a board, like a vision board, because I yeah. wanted to make one, but I was sort of like, how do you do that when you just like start printing off this stuff? Anyway, she really took away, I guess, because vis- I wanted it to be perfect. You know, I was ah. like, I want to make a vision board. Oh, it needs to be pretty. But mm-hmm. it wasn't like that. It was literally just going through magazines and looking at words and things and pretty things that you liked. And then all of a sudden, like, you make this this board. Um, and it was just a really fun experience to go through, to think about things that you didn't even know that you wanted, if that makes yeah. sense. For sure. And it's really cool to, to follow on from um, vision boards. You don't have to do the old school way, um, like actually having a board. You can have one on your phone. And mm. particularly when I was competing and in, in very in that headstrong position, which I probably should get back to doing that stuff now, but I have one on my phone on mm. Keynote or even a PowerPoint and you make PowerPoints of it. And you put your favorite song to it that pumps you up and really feel the emotions of each slide or each image. And it is super, super powerful. Mm. So I've just reminded myself of something that I used to do that I'm going to start doing again because mm. it's actually incredible. Mm. Yeah. Whenever anything resonates with you, you know, I have mm. like a folder on my Google drive that whenever I have a quote or a picture or anything that I really, that really resonates with me, I'll like put it in there. Um, yeah. because generally when something resonates with you, it does for a reason, right? Like you, mm. and it, it, those sorts of things are what allows you to take action and mobilize because it has a deeper meaning to it. hundred percent. It has to. And it is so powerful to wake up fill your eyes fill your ears fill your mind with things that are going to really empower you Mm. because there's so many distractions out there there's so many people Mm. talking crap and there's lots of emotions happening and that's fine but Mm. protect your energy yeah and when i um when i first started to step into the coaching space you know i had to do a lot of self-work on building confidence and being like you know, not feeling like I needed to have a certain, you know, qualification or certain mm. skill set and just being comfortable in like I would be a good coach. And mm. I had to do a lot of work on that um, to, I guess, allow myself the permission to step into that space and start doing it. But, you know, I think something I really realized was that the action itself is what creates the confidence, not vice mm. versa. And you see that in the space now, like a lot of courses and a lot of different things and, you know, whatever, whatever. But, I always say, and you know, 
irrelevant of fitness in any industry. Do you actually need this to do the job? Because Mm. if you don't actually need, like, don't get me wrong. I can't be a nurse without, you know, being a registered nurse, you know, you need, Mm. you need after registration. There's certain things that you can't do, but do you actually need this to start taking action and doing the things? Because it is only through failure or through trial and error that you can build confidence and probably the skill set that you want. Because when you're seeking a knowledge skill set, do you ever think you're going to have it? No, no, never going to achieve it. And if you are like putting yourself down and thinking that you don't have a certain skill set or a certain title or qualification or whatever the hell it is that you think you need you know you really need to readdress what's behind that um because you know people can only understand up to their current level of knowledge as well so i think a lot of these certificates and a lot of these courses out there aren't going to fill that void anyways no no and uh it's really important that we keep sharing our journey and our steps and i'm not saying that we are the end result of our um being but we've been able to achieve certain levels of success through trial and error and from mm. starting. And we didn't wake up one day and then we were who we are today. It's been a lot of trial and error. It's been a lot of asking for help. But I'm glad I didn't try and learn the things I know now. Back when I was a fresh PT, it would have just been too overwhelming. You have to sort of go through each stage. Yeah. So as I mentioned at the start, once I actually stopped doing a million and one courses, I, I would do one and then apply one or two things and mm. then go from there. That's when the real momentum happens. Mm. Yeah, because I still don't know what the freaking hell I'm doing, but that's okay. Mm. I don't think anyone does. I think everyone's taking an educated guess and I think that's yeah, well, okay. <laughs> particularly for people like you and I who are sort of creating our own job. Yep. Like, well, and that's right. the best fit because you can't really stuff it up. If you're a good person and you have amazing intentions and genuinely recognize that there's always more to learn um, and come mm. from a, a good heart, mm. we're actually in a position to create our own job. I mean, yeah. I'm probably one of the only osteos to actually not be hands-on anymore. Mm. Like, there's no rules. Yeah. And I think sometimes you just want that pat on the back. Like, you're, you're heading in the right direction. And sometimes you're not going to get that from other people. Sometimes you no. just got to like follow your own intuition and be like, am I doing what I want to? Am yeah. I satisfied with my work? And I think as well, like a lot of people in any industry, they always paint this freaking perfect bubble that every day is going to be rains, rainbows and sunshine. No. Like you're still going to do the shit that you don't want to do, but does that outweigh yep. like the other stuff? You know, are you still living the life that you want to and doing those things that, allow you to live that life comfortably. Yeah. Like when we spoke with Alyssa about discipline, Mm. Mm. you just have to have that discipline. Yeah. Discipline gives you freedom. Mm. For sure. So yeah, there's a lot of times in our life where we can be fearful to actually take action. It might be the fear of failure. It might be the fear of what other people think. It might be the stories in our head that will never be so-and-so. But you just have to start. So do something today that you have been putting off, even Mm. if it's tiny. And you'll be so surprised at the momentum that you'll get. Mm. Like, oh, okay, I can do this small Mm. thing. 
next minute, oh, okay, that's another thing I'm doing and just keep going. Mm. I've, mm. Um, I've been reading this book. It's called Tiny Habits. It's similar to Atomic oh. Habits, I guess. Very similar concepts. But um, Tiny Habits, he talks about te- how to teach people like new habits and the process mm. of doing it through achieving tiny habits so for example the example that he uses for flossing because you know how we all brush our teeth naturally but flossing is like come on we could probably all do it a bit more um he talks about like having the floss obviously right next to your toothbrush and just flossing one tooth only allowing yourself to floss one tooth anyways he talks about this process of tiny goals and you know when we reinforce tiny goals as well that's how they turn into habits so for example like checking in for in with a coach you know you give yourself a seven out of ten for nutrition whatever it might be coach reinforces you go oh this is good positive reinforcement Mm. bit of conditioning there moving on next week eight out of ten positive reinforcement you know you're not trying for that Mm. 10 out of 10 Mm. um but yeah that concept was really interesting because i think it's not just about tiny habits but it's about tiny actions to achieve or to ingrain whatever habit it is if you want to be that person that goes for a run six at 6 a.m you know maybe be the person who gets up at 6 a.m and goes for a walk first you know setting tiny small things first and allowing yourself to achieve you know what we talk about like self-efficacy giving yourself that reinforcement from yourself to Mm. then allow yourself to take action and get momentum amazing amazing really good Yeah, I don't, you know, I think, I think this has been a deep one, but I hope, you know, everyone, and I think everyone will probably have some area in their life that they've been thinking about as we've been, you know, growing these sorts of ideas. I know I definitely do. And I think it's really important as well to know that we're human. We all lean away from discomfort. It's, it's normal to do Mm. that. Mm. Things that are uncomfortable, it is so normal to not want to lean into that. And I think all you see are the people that are like, go harder, you know, lean into discomfort, do more, take action. And it's, you know, you got to also got to be compassionate with yourself and be like, you know, I'm doing a good job and it's okay to take tiny steps. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the only way that we can really reach the top of the mountain with tiny steps. And Mm. that's what we've been doing. But just really recognizing your environment, the people that you surround yourself with, but also what you see, like in your house, maybe have some words up that that really motivate you or get that vision board on your phone or on the Mm. fridge. Like, yeah, that's been my reminder of today to actually just, yeah, environment. Because I've been getting caught in my own head with everything that's going on. I think I'm checking Facebook a bit too much and it's just actually doing my head in. So yeah. I think I'm going to um, give my environment a little bit of a makeover. Mm. I can see that running through your head. It's, um, yes. it's funny that you say that, you know, when I wanted to take action at something, a friend gave me this book and it was by, everyone's probably heard of it. It's by Ryan Holiday. It's called Ego is the Enemy. The best um, book. I see. I didn't like it. I started reading oh. it. No, I started reading it and because it was sort of like all about like ego and it it disinflated me and made me not want to take the action. So yeah. And I I was like, no, this is not doing its purpose. So it's Mm. it's important to be able to recognize what you need as well. Like sometimes, you know, you just need that reinforcement, that pat on the back. And it's okay to say that to a friend or a family and say, look, I, I, I lack confidence in this area. Can you just, you know, help me with that confidence and reinforce that I'm doing well. That's that's an okay thing to say. Just the same as like, you know, I need a bit of a kick up the ass when it comes to diet, my diet. Can you remind me, you know, if you see me snacking or whatever, it's okay to ask for that accountability or that direction if you need it. Beautiful. I'm mm. pumped. I'm Thanks, pumped. Girl. No Let's worries. Do it. <laughs> Let's go take action. 
Let's do it. Well, <laughs> sounds good. I'm going to get a bit of sunshine actually now that the sun's out. Yeah. Me too. Um, yeah, make the most of it. But thank you everyone for listening. And also remember it is Are You Okay Day today, but every day should be Are You Okay Day. Um, if you make a vision board or set some goals, share them with us. Yeah, let us know um, if you do embark on doing anything, even if it's a screensaver, you know, something small. It's just about um, something, some tiny actions, right, and getting the momentum going. But again, like Danny said, it's Are You Okay Day? So check in with others and check in with yourself. Um, we hope that this episode has resonated with um, everyone and anyone listening. So if that's the case, please do take a screenshot, uh, share it on your story, tag myself, tag Danielle, and tag the Level Up podcast. And take action right now. Go, do it, do it. <laughs>